0: Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and more importantly sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world so if you want more freedom possibility or courage then i'd invite you to take a deep breath get curious and listen carefully for your shift to freedom Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm here today with another one of these really exciting episodes. I'm talking to a client, so excited to talk to you, uh, Erin Falter, the Director of Marketing at Taito. She is the founder of Pink Skies and the uh, the WorkWork Substack. I'm so excited to hear about that too. Actually, we're going to dig into that later, but welcome to the podcast, Erin.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ben. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Yeah, awesome. So, uh, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about what you're up to in the world? Um, give us a kind of a context, uh, and you know what you're, you know what you're working on, what you're excited about, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm a woman of many endeavors. So, as you mentioned, I am involved with a lot of different things. Um, at Tido, it's an analytics company that. Uh, We focus on data for direct-to-consumer brands or e-commerce brands, anyone who's on Shopify, really. So super nerdy stuff. And I get to help market that and um, engage with merchants on a regular basis. Um, And then Pink Skies is really my own holding company for everything that I do on the freelancing and consulting basis. I invest in and advise a variety of direct-to-consumer brands, mostly ones that align with my values. And um, I really, really loved helping founders see their path to growth and success um, in building something that they're really passionate about. Um, so focus mostly on the growth and marketing side there. And then um, work. Work is sort of my newest baby, which is um, a newsletter that I write. I was finding that um, a lot of the inner work that I do on my own, as well as um, my ambitions and my career, I was thinking that maybe they actually clashed. But then I started to think about things differently and recognize, no, they're actually they really feed off of each other. And a lot of the inner work that I do is actually necessary to put into practice out in the world and in my career in order to receive feedback and kind of continue that growth. So Work, work is a newsletter right now, but we're working on a lot of different um, things to bring to life resources and hopefully tools to help others practice as well.
0: Awesome. And I I will want to double click on WorkWork Work a little bit more later in the episode too because I am a subscriber and I really enjoy WorkWork. Work. It's one of the newsletters that I like actually really look forward to receiving. You know, my inbox is very busy, but I really look forward to receiving there's like a few people that when I see the the name pop up in the inbox, I get really excited about. So, we'll talk about that in a minute. You're
1: one of my biggest fans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Um and that will that will always be true. Um okay, so uh let's talk a little bit about Take us back sometime and um, mm-hmm. let's think of, cause so we've got an entrepreneur, a multi-passionate entrepreneur, honestly, you've got mm-hmm. a lot of interests, a lot of things that you're up to in the world. Uh, you're, you're a fast mover and you're doing lots of cool things, but I'd love to kind of take us back a little bit and, and tell us, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, what kinds of challenges do you remember experiencing in your world? What was, what was showing up for you when we first started talking, maybe a little bit before that, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. So I think, um, around the time that we started talking, I was really wanting to kind of just gain a sense of confidence and clarity in what I was doing and what I was working on. And honestly, uh, just having the time to like refocus my attention and, um reflect on what I was doing so that I can continue to move forward in the direction that I want to. Okay. During the pandemic, I started um consulting full time and um throughout that sort of year and a half, two years, I really what I considered to be was in this like survival mode where everything was really rooted in need and urgency and scarcity and I really I recognized really the impact. Yeah. I recognize the impact that it had on my nervous system, as well as like the way that I looked, about, looked at my future and the, the things that I was doing. I didn't feel like I was showing up in the world the way that I wanted to. And I really recognize the value of having someone who is able to talk to me on a regular basis about what's going on in my world and dissect it, and also ultimately improve my mindset and approach to it in a way that um, allowed for more freedom, more abundance, and not that like need-based mindset that like, I don't know, I think about like my heart rate rising and all of that. So, um, that's where I got introduced to you and you've been like such a huge, um, a huge impact on me being able to like really get back to, um, The, I call it like the sympathetic state. I've done my yoga teacher training. So it's like getting back to the uh, parasympathetic state. Actually, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look at me. I'm like mixing them up now. Um, But getting back to that parasympathetic state where I'm making able to make choices and decisions that are really exactly how I want to make them as opposed to coming from a place of lack or scarcity.
0: I love that. But let's let's actually double click because I, I think this is a really useful thing for people to become aware of. So let's talk about that sympathetic state. What do you notice when you're in that sort of um y- an unresourceful state for you? Mm-hmm. Like what were your what were your clues? What were your signals? What was the experience physiologically and psychologically for you?
1: Yeah. Um I think there's a few One is I definitely lacked confidence. And I think a lot of the results of that lack of confidence is, um, really caring a lot more about what other people think than I would like to, um, recognizing and not coming from a place of like inner power, as opposed to really reacting and responding far too much to the other person, as opposed to like coming from a place of like groundedness within myself, um, And also being able to, with that confidence, being able to like communicate my skills and the value that I bring in a way that previously I didn't really feel like maybe as certain about or didn't feel as like, you know, rooted in the value that I bring. So there's definitely a lot of sort of mindset work around confidence and building that up because, um, Yeah. It just, it felt like super low and I wasn't, I wasn't into that.
0: Um, Yeah. It's really interesting for me on this side of things, because I kind of get a glimpse into your world and the results that you create for people in the world and mm -hmm. the way that they show up and treat you as a result of the kinds of value that you provide in the world for them. So um, I think this, this idea that of, of lack of confidence or something like that, that's a really resonant thing in the world. Like I hear that a lot. I've experienced that myself, just this idea that there's something missing. And if only like we had it, then we could like somehow stand in our power and shine no matter what kind of data is coming in from the outside world, no matter what people are telling you, how valuable you are, that sort of thing. It's like, there's like this resistance to hearing it and showing up and expressing it in the world. And so I think, um, I think that that is a really common story that happens out there.
1: Yeah. And just to like double click into that real quick. um, I don't necessarily think that to other people I was showing up as not confident. Like, I think that ultimately, it was all this like depiction and story that I was telling in my own mind of like, the way that I felt like I was coming across or the way that I thought that other people were responding to me. But the reality is, is like, that was just like an alternate reality that I was coming up with in my mind. And it wasn't actually the truth. And I realized like the truth is actually what I like create it. And I was creating that truth. I was creating this truth of like, Oh, I'm not confident. I'm lacking. I don't have enough, this enough that. Um, and the reality is it's just kind of becoming more accepting of where you're at and like loving the process a bit more.
0: Yeah. Love that so much. Um, so, anything else that you remember being uh, kind of like limitations or uh, limiting thoughts that you were having, or kind of challenges that you were facing back then? Just double click a little bit further.
1: Um, I think that a lot of the decisions that I was making were rooted in um, just like making more money, and I'm not saying making money is a is any way a bad thing. I feel like grateful and happy to be where I am at in that regard. But like, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes I was like, Oh, this is an opportunity. I could work with this, this brand and receive X amount of money. Great. I'm going to say yes. And ultimately I would put myself into a situation where I wasn't actually even able to do my best work because I was saying yes solely off of one. I felt like I couldn't say no. Um, or negotiate the terms that i would prefer or i wasn't really coming at it from a place of like is this aligned with what i want to be doing are these the type of people i want to be working with is the are these the types of brands or companies that connect with me and um now i feel like i have much more sort of choice in that and i feel the connection to that choice and know how to navigate it, it. i yeah. love
0: it yeah and that I, i'm I'm so glad you brought that up because it's something that's so like, for me, that was my journey. Like this is my eighth business and it wasn't Mm -hmm. that the other ones weren't successful, but it was like, I just kept finding myself being burned out, being really exhausted all the time and really like lacking in any kind of energy and alignment. And I think that so many people are like chasing money in this Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial journey that like we wind up saying yes to so many things and we wind up just like really running around like a chicken with its head cut off, sort of trying to, to gather resources without actually like getting here. And I, you know, look, I think it's a natural phase. Maybe I possibly, we can avoid it if we get lucky early on or whatever. But I do think that, Mm -hmm. um, there's just something uh, really profound about coming to the realization that you can say no to things and totally be actually yesterday.
1: We were talking about yesterday. We were talking about the idea of coming, like if there's something that you come at automatically from the place of saying no and then looking at it through the lens of, Oh, actually this is something I am interested in doing. And I'm going to say yes to this. Whereas everything else is kind of default. No, and not like from a negative perspective at all either. It's just saying like, you know, you don't like anything that, anything that comes into your direction or anything that's asking of you for your time or your energy doesn't need to be the default in your mind that you have to give to it. You know, and I think that's yeah. something that you know. Sometimes I still work through. Um, totally, and yeah. it's
0: real, and it's really useful. And and by the way, like just to kind of expand the thinking on this a little bit, you're all, we're already doing this. There are already infinite things that you could say yes to in any given moment. Actually,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I mean, yeah. you know, I I wasn't thinking about. Anything about politics or my third grade teacher or, you know, like all of the literally the infinite choices that I could make. Like Think about just all the stores that are in your town that you could like go and patronize and all, all. the. I mean, there's so many ways that we could spend our time, all the websites, whatever. So the default actually is that we're saying no to the vast majority of things. It's just we don't we're not necessarily putting our attention on those things and recognizing that they're asking for our attention in the first place. And so I think it's really mm-hmm. useful to recognize that our default really is no so that when people are saying like cuz you know one of the language patterns that people say like we were talking about is like well you should go see this thing you should go do this thing or you should go read this yeah. book you should go watch this show or like uh, uh, that's the language that people use and it's like well maybe uh, what what i hear when people say that now is i really like this thing and i'd like it to share it with you mm-hmm. I think you might be interested in it as well. And that's a much different feeling. That's more of an invitation really than it is like a demand on our time or an obligation or something. So,
1: Totally. And I think as it relates to like, I don't know, I think about someone starting out in their career um, and like the idea of saying yes to things brings lots of opportunity. But I think that as you continue to experience and exist out in the world, um, focus and time and attention an effort into your career, you recognize like, oh, wow, there is like, as you continue, there's more and more that comes your way. You meet more people, you engage in more um, activities, you have more experience, you have more skills because that you've been like honing in on. So of course, more is going to come your way. So it's almost like at some point, you really do need to shift the mentality from like, yes, to everything, to no to everything, and then having the discernment to say, yes, when it makes sense for you.
0: Yeah. When, when it's in values alignment. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. really beautiful. Um, so, all right. So we've got, uh, we've got this like saying yes to things uh, and kind of like running around saying yes to things. We've got this like kind of feeling of being in the sympathetic nervous system or kind of a lack of confidence or moving, operating from like scarcity. So I'd be mm-hmm. interested to hear you talk about our, like, what are the, some of the things that Your, your thinking has transformed, your freedom has expanded. What are some of the ways of kind of navigating the world that have changed for you? We we were kind of briefly talking Mm -hmm. about one of them just now, but what are some of the ways of thinking that have changed for you that have created different, uh, relationship with the world, with your world?
1: Yeah. Um, there's a few that I would love to chat about. Um, but basically one time you were like, uh, if you could rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 for how much you accept yourself where you are at right now what would it be and i think i answered like a five which is you know like 50 percent and um that is rooted in like being a super ambitious individual always wanting to achieve, uh, strive for more achieve more you've got all these grand visions and exciting things that you're working on And you just never really feel like you're there yet, right? Um, And I think something that has been really powerful for me is really accepting the, the process. I mentioned the process earlier, but like accepting that I am exactly where I am meant to be within this phase of getting to this next version of me or this next thing that I'm working on. Um, or like when I picture myself in the future, what that looks like. Um and so mantra work has been huge for me. Um, I focused on accepting exactly where I'm supposed to be. And now I find that to be like really beautiful. I when I have moments where I'm like, oh man, I should be doing this, or look, I really want to get to this point where this is the type of work that I'm doing, or I'm able to say I've done this. I take a moment and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm totally on the road to doing that. And that's beautiful. That's amazing because, um, then I'm able to actually take action towards that in a more resourceful state, less of a state of lack or urgency. Like I need to get there and I'm not there yet, you know? Um, so that's been really powerful for me too. I love that. I'll pause there. I don't know if you want me to keep going. I could just keep rambling.
0: I'm like, I celebrate that so much. There's something so beautiful about because the 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 nature of, and this is where I think it's really easy to get caught up in that kind of a mindset because the nature of reality is such that we are we're always desiring to be somewhere that we are not. The very nature of reality is is um, sort of polarity. Like, well, we have beats. You know, I, um, I heard an Alan Watts talk one time where he was talking about how. Sort of everything is an interplay between existence and absence. Um, even mm-hmm. if you think about the way that like the visual field works, and we have like light waves, so light is a wave. So if it wasn't actually waving up and down, mm-hmm. it wouldn't exist at all for us. We wouldn't see anything at all if there wasn't this constant interplay between presence and absence. Um, and so uh, the point that I'm making here is that we're like, we're always on the leading edge of creation and our reality. So the horizon will always stay on the horizon and there will always be a distance between where we are and where we want to be. So to come to a relationship with the present moment where we can be, yes, wanting something more and desiring something more, but not letting the absence of it be our, uh, sort of judgment about like our current moment so that we're like in some sort of, um, So that we're breaking down the relationship between ourselves and our current moment. I think that is a great superpower to be able to um, recognize and appreciate the moment that we are in right now for what it is while still wanting it to be otherwise than it is right now. And I think that is like that's like this beautiful relationship and dance that we can have with our minds and our exact life as it is and our even our relationships with people and i mean like think about anything where you might have a goal or you might want something other than it is right now to both hold that tension and and also appreciate and enjoy and uh, fall in love with the moment exactly as it is right now i think it's just a really beautiful thing thanks for bringing that to the conversation
1: yeah I think it even it even plays with how you view your past experience, too, which is also something that I had to work on. Or it's still it's always a work in progress, which is really making sure that the story that I'm telling about my past experience and the things that I've chosen to definitively put my time and attention to in the past are all leading to where I'm at now as well just because I have future ambitions doesn't mean that the things that I was working on in the past didn't help in that process as well um I think about uh Toltec's like Toltec wisdom um I don't know if you've Uh, if some people maybe have read the four Four agreements, but yeah, yeah, they talk a lot about um, viewing things through the lens of the parasite or the ally. And um, sometimes when I think about how I'm presenting myself to prospective clients or even just like in networking situations, I think about how I would tell the story of like where, where I've been and how I've gotten to hear what I work on and make sure that I'm rethinking through any of the parts that maybe sound negative viewing through the lens of the parasite and reworking it to being more connected to the ally because ultimately that is just the story that i'm telling is like you know connected it's not their reality it's mine and if i'm viewing it in that the the lens of a parasite it's it's only hurting me it's not it's not impacting them
0: it's exactly i love this because you we're talking about in some in uh, a section of what you're saying is like about our past and the narrative that we have mm-hmm. about our past. Well, guess what? The past doesn't exist anymore. So any story that you're telling about it is necessarily not true because when you look around here, you are in the present moment, right? So what is our relationship with that story? Because if we're telling a negative story, then that's our whole present relationship with the past is that negative story.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Um, you, you mentioned actually, cause this is a great sort of segue, um, mentioned the four agreements, the Toltec wisdom. You're one of the most, well-read people that I know, actually, you're constantly engaging in um, developing yourself as a person. I think that's really beautiful. And I suspect that this had something to do with work work. Can you tell me a little bit about like, because I, I read a lot about what you're reading in work work. And so maybe this would be a great time to tell us a little bit about how you think about constructing work work and what that's all about.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I, I view a lot of the work that goes into creating work work or writing work work, I, I consider it to be research. Um, my passion and like the way that I've kind of grown up reading books is really connected to like more of the um, nonfiction sort of like self help realm if you want to like label it. Um so that's like a tool that I consider to be like extremely useful for me. Um sometimes I think and a lot of people can probably relate to this like you're receiving so much data and information out there through social media, through articles, through, you know, just trying to stay on the cutting edge of your industry. Like my industry is changing constantly and there's always new no information about what's happening out there. And sometimes it's really useful to just take a step back and engage in a full work of information around a specific topic. So reading is one of the things I do a lot of. I try to read around roughly one book a week. Sometimes that um, adjusts, but that's okay. And then I I use um, other tools as well to engage in what I call inner work, um, whether it's meditation, journaling prompts, um, mantra work, and also, you know, like some physical activity. Uh, yoga things like that um and that all sort of forms the foundation for one part of um, inner uh, work work which is the inner work section where you're really taking a moment and it, that comes first it's really important that it comes first you take the time to go inward look within as, as opposed to without so if you picture just like closing your eyes and recognizing oh you're entering into your internal landscape, Um, Whereas like the external landscape, there's a lot going on your relationships with your family, your partner, your work, um, your career, things like that. There's a lot happening out there. And it's really important to take that time to look within and really question your thoughts, make sure you're thinking about things from the right perspective when I say right, I mean, <laughs> you most useful, um, uh, right
0: on. <laughs>
1: most useful perspective. And then as soon as you enter back out into the world and receive feedback, maybe there's a challenge you're experiencing at work or with a friend and um, or you engaged with someone in a way that you didn't really like and it felt kind of weird. And then being able to go back and reflect. And that's kind of what creates these like patterns, right? These mm-hmm. loops where. You reflect on what's going on in your internal landscape. You question your thoughts. You, you know, work through them um, in a way. And then you go back out into the world, receive more feedback, and then do the same thing. And that's what kind of creates these, like, big growth loops. Um, Right on.
0: And there we're seeing that beat in reality again, you know, like the Alan Watts thing, you know, where we have, like, our external world and our internal world that we're vibrating back and forth between. Totally. Um, I love it. I love this. And, and so uh, I just want to, cause I want to make sure that it's clear for listeners. The, the, the work work is set up as kind of an exploration of both of those, the internal land work that we're doing and then the work that we're doing out in the world. So like the, the insight totally. and reflection work that we're doing to kind of strengthen ourselves and our own um, like navigational systems. And then the actual navigation that we're doing out in the world where we're going, we're like, interacting with people usually people (laughs) or systems that exist out in the world and, and how we're actually navigating those things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of outer work is really more of like a business focused mindset. Work work is truly for those ambitious people out in the world, similar to myself, where I like have big career ambitions and recognizing that I don't have to have a career as like a yoga teacher trainer, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm so grateful for my yoga teacher trainers out there. But for me, I I need a little bit more um, engagement in like business and um, like wanting to make sure that I'm applying the skills that I've learned over time. And so it's recognizing there's ambitious people out in the world. They might want to reflect internally, but then they also want to make sure that they're continuing to develop their skill sets. Um, And their approach from that more business focused career lens as well.
0: I love it. I mean, obviously it really resonates with what I do as well. So it's like, I think that's probably why I'm so, why I'm one of your biggest fans is because I I love (laughs) seeing the connection that you make between the internal work and then going out and actually doing something in the business world or whatever, like in your career, that sort of thing. So I think it's really cool. Uh, What are some of the tools? So you, you kind of briefly mentioned them, but I'd love to hear, like, what do you think are the tools that make like a coaching journey or a personal development journey. If somebody's not on a coaching journey, what do you think it is that makes it the most effective or the most impactful? Or what do you think, what tools, ways of showing up in the world are the things that kind of like create the resourcefulness in the inner landscape uh, so that you can Mm -hmm. tackle the external landscape?
1: To be honest, I think so much of it is returning to it frequently. I want to say every day, but I also know that ultimately that's not always realistic for everyone to do. Um, or especially if they're just starting out in practicing and trying to like improve, um, their internal landscape or approach their, their life through something that has more choice, more freedom. Um, so honestly, it's really consistency and returning to it frequently. I find that as soon as I started really practicing and returning to things every single day, it made such a huge difference. And I think, um, oftentimes like our work that we're doing, it's really helpful to have someone to bounce off of when, you know, you can do a lot of things on your own. But I think I was also experiencing before we started working together that I was like, I need an outside perspective or someone to like, reflect back to me what is going on and also question it at times because, um, sometimes it can get really heady and really (laughs) intense in your, in your own world. So, um, definitely, you know, taking time weekly or monthly, whatever it may be to, to make sure that you're talking to someone about it. Um, but most of the, most of it is truly like this consistent returning to, um, and practicing every single day. And those tools, like I talked about, oftentimes, come back to the meditation and um, the journaling. The yeah. Way. Journaling. Um, and practice. yeah. And, and reading, you know, reading as well as is, is so important to me, but yeah. also, yeah, like the, the journaling I think is such a incredible tool and power. Um, oftentimes like a lot of the stuff that I read, I end up turning into journal prompts. Um, or just like tools for me to be able to like figure out how I'm thinking about something. And writing it down is really, it. it I, sometimes I go into a page, I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about or thinking about. And then I come out with like this whole solution or whole different approach to what was going on in my mind that it was like, wow, I had no idea that I had this answer inside me
0: that's awesome yeah there's something really powerful and profound to having some sort of externalization of your thoughts and and i do Mm -hmm. mean like like some sort of physical archival record of it something about like putting it down on paper or like for me i record my voice there's something about that process i think that adds a level of profundity like a a level of a level of depth to Mm. the process that lets you kind of hear things or say things that you wouldn't otherwise say. Like if you were just talking to yourself or if you were just thinking about something in your own mind without actually putting it down, I think that you're, you're cutting yourself off from a level of depth of understanding and even depth of expression. Cause I think you'll come up with ideas that you wouldn't have thought of if you were just running it through in your mind, or if you were just talking it out out loud without making that archival um, progress of some kind. So I think that's really like, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned journaling and how, Important it is in your process. It's really, really useful. I also want to notice that you said um, it's not necessarily about doing it every day, it is about returning to it frequently. And that I think, you know, it's almost Mm -hmm. like if you're painting a house or something like that, it's not important that it all gets done. At this moment without stopping at all. But, you know, yeah. the more frequently you return to it, the faster the house gets painted, that sort of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's less about like, oh, I, I'm at the, I'm doing it every day from nine to five, like, but it's more important that um, you're just continuing to return to something because that's the way that progress really happens is from continued effort over time.
1: Totally. And like when when you, well, one, you're going out into the world, you're receiving feedback, like, you know, different scenarios, things that you can't control are happening all of the time. So it's like returning back and like figuring out how you want to approach it or what's happening for you, trying to understand what feelings are coming up. Um, that's really important. But then also, like, sometimes there's really intense things that happen in life. And the idea of being able to work through it one time. And never having to revisit it or or thinking that all of a sudden that feeling is never going to arise again is kind of a ridiculous thought. Like we're so human. It's so natural for that to happen that um, that's another really important reason why you, you should return to it. Because as you continue to work through it, you know, say something really big happens and it brings up feelings for you on a regular basis. Like think about it. Everyone's gone through heartbreak. Like if someone's like really down in the dumps, like That's that pain is going to show up a decent amount of times over and over until you're fully gotten over it and returning back to the practice and how you want to approach it and how you want to take care of yourself in that way um, is really powerful. So when I acknowledge that, because I think sometimes people think like you work through it and you're done, but it's like. It's not usually how it works as a human.
0: <laughs> totally. And this is what actually one of the one of the tricks that I, I've started to really build into my coaching model is because I think like the insight feels so good when you have an insight. it's like, it's mm-hmm. very energizing and it, it has this like real positive valence. Like you feel good when you have an insight, but the insight by itself is only at best half, but probably closer to like 20% of the work, because then it's like going out and actually implementing that insight into the world and trying some things. And then like realizing that you didn't quite understand it all the way. And then like coming back and like continuing to hone and refine your relationship to whatever that insight is, is where the actual personal development change comes from. Um, And we can, yeah, I I love that junkies.
1: Yeah. I love that you brought that up because it's kind of like the reverse. I was talking about like potentially negative feelings and coming back to that, but there's also moments where you're like, you have an insight or a spark of inspiration. And it feels like, oh my gosh, I can build this business that I want to build. And everything's amazing. I, I know what I need to do now. And then there's moments where it inevitably falls down and you have to return to something that gets you through those troughs, those like ebbs. Um, so you can get back to the flow. So the
0: little forgettings, the little, the little deaths. Um, so that's awesome. I, I, I love this. This has been really helpful. Um, a couple things that I think, um, well, actually there was one other thing that you said that I wanted to just double click on for a second, because you were talking about like having someone that you can talk to because you're in this experience and to go and process. And I I, actually, in this book, you recommended to me, um, the thanks for the feedback book. There was this moment where I had an insight and I, I was like, wow, it's interesting because they said you never see your own face. Like you, you see your, your, you see your face in the mirror, okay, but you don't actually see your face when you're out in the world interacting with people. And so it's so important to get feedback from people because you don't know what how you're showing up in the world. And then I, I was thinking because that was what the book said, and then I was like, even when you're looking in the mirror, you don't see your face because you see the reverse of your face. You see the front to back image of your face. And so yeah. you actually never really see your face. Never once in your life do you see your face the way that other people see your face when you're interacting in the world. Even if it's like being recorded, you still now have the time delay between when it was recorded and when you're watching it. So you're, you're never actually ever fully present with what you look like from the outside. And so I think that's why it's so, it's so useful to recognize the role of feedback in personal development and in their own journeys through the world. So I, I was really yeah. glad that you brought that up.
1: Also not to go too into the whole like reflection thing, but it's true. And actually like I recently found out that on your phone camera, I could flip it so that it looks like the mirror reflects back to me because it, it doesn't default to that. It defaults to like actually how you show up. But I was like, I don't like the way that looks. So I'm going to make sure to flip it so that I like the way that it looks. If I'm doing like a selfie or talking to the camera or whatever. Um, But even then it's not true because it's still through the lens of a phone, which is like, so it's like totally different lens than how you're experiencing the same with when you experience people on social media, like whatever, all that, um, different lenses. So totally agree.
0: Absolutely. And also your voice, you don't hear your voice the way that everybody else hears your voice because you're hearing it resonate through your head. So it's like, it's such an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, I'm totally going to
1: listen to this podcast and be like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, it sounds horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause I think that's actually a practical thing too, because now I'm, I hear my voice a lot because of the podcast and it's, it's so, um, and all my coaching calls too. So it's so interesting to see the way that my relationship to my voice has changed. Cause I used to be like, Oh, that's my
1: voice.
0: Uh, now I'm like, I actually kind of enjoy my voice, but it took you a long, like your
1: voice now. That's great.
0: <laughs> it took a lot of developing to get there. I think um, this is awesome. This has been such a great conversation. I think this is really useful for people on their own journeys. Um, <laughs> uh, tell us uh, how do we, cause gosh, I will say if you like this podcast, I, I guarantee that you will like work, work. It's a really super values aligned, um, uh, newsletter with what we're doing here. So I would encourage you to go and sign up for it. Where can they find it? Aaron? what would, how would you, or or how else could they get in t- contact with you if they want to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. So, um, the, Workwork work newsletter is workwork.substack.com, but the O's are zeros. Um, we're going to maybe change that in the once I have my website live, but anyways. Um, so there's that. And then you can also reach out to me on Instagram at Aaron Falter or on Twitter at Aaron Falter, or you can find me on LinkedIn. You know, I'm on all the social channels. I probably respond most on Instagram though.
0: Total badass, brilliant marketing brain, brilliant uh, insights on this inner work and outer work, especially the relationship between the inner and outer work. So I highly recommend and uh, go check it out. It's really cool. Give it a read. I think you'll love it if you love this podcast. So thank you so much for the conversation today, Aaron. I really appreciate it um, and have a kick-ass day. Live your freedom, love your life.
1: Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you always being in my corner.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.